Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to Jimmy Roy, Director of Player Development for the Winnipeg Jets, and getting his number 21 retired Friday night by the Manitoba Moose, just the second member of the Moose to get that honor after Mike Keane. Also, we chat with Jackson Leppard of the Winnipeg Ice after a big win last night and what he did to celebrate his 20th birthday on the podcast. We begin the show with this, the Manitoba Moose holding a 20th anniversary celebration tomorrow night against Chicago, wearing throwback uniforms and raising the number 21 of Jimmy Roy to the rafters. Just the second player in franchise history to have his number retired after Mike Keene. Jimmy, now the director of player development for the Winnipeg Jets, a position he's held since 2011. I had the chance to catch up with Jimmy earlier. He's arriving into the city tonight from his home now in California. So, Jimmy, when did you find out that you were going to get your number retired by the Manitoba Moose? Um, Zinger had called me and asked me, oh, you know what? I I think it was in the summertime in in July, maybe. I think it was in July. I can't even remember. So much happens in a short (laughs) period of time, but I'm pretty sure it was July. And what was that conversation like? Um, You know what? I remember it. I'll never forget it. I was with my daughter. We were uh, doing some grocery shopping, and we were just about to get out of the truck, and Zinger called me. And um, uh, he was on speakerphone, and, uh, you know, he asked me about it. And I think I sat there, and I got a little choked up, and my daughter looked at me like, Dad, what's wrong with you? And uh, I said, uh, yeah, for sure. I think that would be awesome. And it was pretty cool. So you played a number of years with the Manitoba Moose from 97 all the way to 2006. What do you remember most about those days? Um, you know what? There's a bunch of stuff that kind of comes flooding back. And I think probably my, my first memory was, uh, when I walked up from the locker room to the old Winnipeg arena, um, I remember my first practice with the moose, uh, in training camp. I was the first person out there. And I remember looking up and seeing the big picture of the, uh, the queen in the old arena. And, um, you know, that was probably my first memory. Um, there's a bunch of memories that, that come along. Um, I would have to say the people that I played with, um, and that I worked with you know, from, from Zinger and Chipper um, uh, to the coaches that I had, Randy Carlisle, and Alan Vigno, um, Stan Smeal, um, and then some players that meant a lot to me that, that I was with, like Scott Arneal and Randy Gillen, Brian Chapman, um, and then later on, Mike Keane, um, Nolan Baumgartner. Those, all those people and those memories are the things that you think of the most. There's no one really specific thing. There are some hockey things that you remember specifically, but being around those good people and, and um, uh, getting to work with them every day and, and go to the rink is probably the biggest and best memory that I have with the mental list. So you started here in 97, so you had a great idea of what the transition was like pro hockey-wise from the Jets leaving to now the Moose are the team. What were those first days like right after the Jets left in terms of the, the feeling in the arena and in this city? You know what? I, I I remember going to the Jets games as a kid. I went to a few games as a young kid being from Northern Ontario, um, but not many. Um, I didn't have much experience with the National Hockey League. Um, I, I didn't know, uh, you know, coming from Northern Ontario, you only know what you see on TV and stuff like that. Um, my brother went to school there in at the University of Manitoba with his buddies when the, the Jets were there. And, um, you know, I'd always see pictures of him or he'd send me stuff. Um, about being at, at, at the Jets games when Solani's was scoring his goals and stuff like that, um, you know, and then when they left and 
Um, but with that said, when the Moose moved in there, um, I have to give a lot of credit to the fans and to um, uh, ownership and, and uh, the people who sold tickets and the uh, training staff and everybody because they made us feel like we were in the NHL back then, and, and it was a pretty cool environment to be around. How do you think that's changed over the years with the time? For, or how did that change then from your first years as a Moose to when you wrapped up your time almost a decade later? Was it still that same energy? Oh, for sure, 1,000%, if not more, because um, they had built a new building downtown. Um, you know, the, the, um, we had always had a great competitive team. I think in my nine years that I was there, we missed the playoffs once, so there was always that um, playoff fever going into the, uh, into the springtime, which is what you want in professional hockey, and, and especially with the new building downtown. And um, I think the Moose were a, were a hot ticket later on. Um, you know, maybe not at the start in the first few years, but later on, um, when they kind of built that up in the city, it was, it was pretty cool to be a part of. Now, the only other player right now with his number in the rafters is Mike Keene, who you didn't overlap a ton with, but what does it mean to be going up there with him? Um, I'll probably get a little emotional talking about it because, uh, it's a pretty cool honor. Um, I've known Keener for, oh God, probably 20 years, 25 years um, when we used to skate together in the summertime when he'd go away to his NHL camps. And um, you know what, even though I was, I was drafted by Dallas um, in 94 um, and then never signed with them and then was skating with him in the summertime. And he made a phone call to uh, um, Les Jackson and Bob Ganey and said, hey, you got to get this kid to training camp. You know what, because we were skating in the summertime and got me an invite to training camp in the NHL. And um, ended up signing a contract with Dallas um, from there and the amount of respect that I have for him, um, not only as a hockey player above and beyond any hockey as a person, um, you just can't compare it. It's pretty cool to be up there next to him. He's an individual that spent a lot of time in the NHL over 1100 games, uh, before spending his last five pro years, with the Manitoba Moose, uh, what was it like being on the ice with them at the same time there at the end for you as your time in Manitoba and the start of his time in Manitoba? Yeah, you know what? Like, like to be able to share that together with him, I think we were very similar in um, the way we thought the game and, and um, you know, the way we played. Obviously, he played a little harder game the time that he did in the National Hockey League because he earned it. Um, and, and, uh, to be to to get to know him a little bit more around the locker room and and um, you know I, I, even today in this day we work together we uh, we share a lot of the same brain when we're talking about players and doing things um, so it, to be next to him there's no other bigger honor I think probably um, than to to just share this with him. Now before you hung up the skates pro hockey wise you went over to Germany for five seasons why did you decide to go overseas? Um, you know what? I think uh, part of it was uh, being in the American League as long as I was. There was a, a veteran rule um, where you could only dress six veterans at the time, I think is what it was. And, um, you know, I was kind of in and out of the lineup. Keenan and I were both in and out of the lineup trading off. And you just didn't really feel like a part of the team. The American League was going to more of a developmental league, even more so. Um, you know, it, it kind of was when we had first started the American League. And as you got into it, it was getting into a development league where NHL teams were um, developing their young players for the National Hockey League. And I totally understood it. I, I totally get it now as I 
uh, as I work in development. Um, and I just thought, you know what, I still wanted to play as long as I could. Um, I enjoyed the game. I loved the game. And uh, my family and I kind of made the decision that, you know, we're going to go to Europe and just see what happens for a few years and enjoy hockey and still play at a high level that we can. And um, it was an awesome experience. How was the food? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I love the experience from food to family. Um, two of my daughters were born in Germany. Um, it was a great experience having them born there. We went through a lot of trouble with my, I have twins that were born there. Um, you know, with, with my twins who were born there, the hospitals were awesome. The people were awesome. Um, the lifestyle itself was, uh, uh, was different. Um, it was pretty neat to be a part of. I think like every Sunday you could barely find a gas station was open and, and, um, you know what, it, it forced you to spend time with your family, um, whether it was walking downtown or, or doing different things. It's just a little bit different lifestyle in North America, but we enjoyed every minute of it. Are your twins dual citizens then? Uh, no. Um, we had to make a decision. They were born in Germany. I think they could go back and get their German citizenship, but my wife's American. I'm Canadian, so um, that's kind of the avenue we went with. Traveling as much as we did and what we were doing, it didn't make my other daughter was born in Winnipeg, my oldest. So she was Canadian. I was Canadian. My mar- my wife was American. Didn't make much sense to make the twins German. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, where are you living now? Uh, I live in Costa Mesa in, in Southern California. My wife's from, from down here. And when we uh, settled kind of from stop playing, this is where we had ended up buying a house and where we are now. Okay. And with my job, it's, it's my job is 90% travel traveling around to, to visit the prospects and spend time with them as well as some time with the moose and stuff. So um, it's just easy with travel down here. When did you realize that you wanted to stick with hockey after your playing days were done? Um, you know what? I kind of knew right away. I, I had uh, I had another year left on my contract to go back to Germany when this kind of came about and went through the interview process and everything like that. And then my, my wife and I talked about it and my wife said, you know what, the kids are getting older and um, you know, we'd like to probably stay in one spot for a little bit if we can and, uh, you know, establish a, a place for my kids where they can go to school and build a friendship with kids and all those things that we get to do as kids. So we said, okay, well, maybe this is a good time to, to kind of retire. So you've been in this position now for, you know, getting close to a decade. What, is, what was the learning curve like at first? And do you, are you just constantly learning on this job? Uh, 1000%. I think if you're, if you're not you're if you're not learning um, you're not doing anything right. I think that's part of the the job description is to be able to evolve with players um, and people on how the game is changing, um, how development is changing. Um, you know everything that, that that changes so fast and what kids need to work on, as well as keeping up on the the latest things that can help kids in development. Um, I think you're always you're always learning new things. And it was a when I first started coming from hockey. It was a little challenging um, going from the locker room to the to the office setting and, and stuff like that. That you just day to day things that you're not really used to, um, you know. And I remember going into to Zinger's office uh, every day there when I was up there in August the first year. And uh, hey, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? And I remember Zinger swearing at me and saying, "Jimmy, you got to figure it out at some point. Just make a decision, right?" So I was like, "Okay." So um, from then on, I kind of you know started making decisions with with what we could do with kids and travel and everything like that, and it kind of just kind of got rolling. So, what does a typical day or week look like for you then? A lot of planes? Uh, yes, a lot of travel. Um, you know what? It can be anywhere from two to two to four flights a week. Um, you know, maybe a hotel room 
uh, I, what I tend to do is I tend to go out for two or three weeks and, and see all the kids that I can and then during the season and then come home for a week uh, to 10 days, spend some time with my family and then go back out for another two or three weeks and, and make the roots again and, and make sure I get to see every kid, talk to coaches, uh, talk to agents, talk to friends, make sure that they're doing everything they can to, to get better. Um, and then kind of do that in the off season. There's a little bit more downtime, but there's still uh, work on development camp, uh, you know, rookie camp, um, talking with players and make sure they're on the proper right summer programs and stuff like that. So it's pretty busy. So the players that are in the lineup for the Jets these days, did you have the ones that were drafted by the team? Did you have some say in how they were brought up to the organization? Um, I don't know if there's any one person that says this is what is going to happen. I think it's a pretty good uh, um, staff and, and management group, group that they have where between Chevy, Zinger, even the coaches, you know, going from development camp and recognizing what kids need to work on. Um, Mike and I both come up with kind of a plan with what they need to work on, um, on the ice and off the ice. It's not only on ice stuff. There's a lot of off ice maturity that has to happen with players, um, you know, and, and, and decision-making that they need to make to get better and make sure that they're doing the right things on a, on a daily basis. Jimmy, I appreciate you being generous with your time tonight. Uh, have a lot of fun at your Jersey ceremony raising Friday. It should be a great moment for you and your family. Awesome. Thank you very much. Have a great day. The Winnipeg Ice knocked off the Moose Jaw Warriors 5-1 last night at Wayne Fleming Arena to snap a three-game losing skid. And here to talk about that and lots more, Jackson Leopard, as we step into the freezer for our weekly chat with a member of the team. Jackson, thanks for coming on. How did it feel to get that win last night, get back in the win column? Yeah, felt really good. Um, you know, to get that one, um, kind of bounce back from those three losses, and um, yeah, we really need that, and uh, you know, get back to our game here, and um, just keep rolling with that. How tough a fight is this going to be for the division crown right now? Four back of Prince Albert, just three up on Brandon, heading down the home stretch here. Yeah, it's uh, the battle with those three top teams. Um, I mean. We're all really close. We've been close all year, and um, you know, and especially those division games against those guys too. It's uh, they're huge games. We can't take them lightly, and um, you know, we want to finish first in our division um, this year. So um, I think uh, this is basically uh, playoff hockey right now, and um, basically have to be dialed in for every game down the stretch now. How do you think the team has done now? It's been you know a few weeks since Connor McClendon went down, but how has the team adapted to life without the leading score? Um, I think we've adjusted you know, pretty well, and um, you know we still have guys that can score and put up points. And um, I mean, all around we're a really solid team, and um, you know that doesn't really worry us. And um, you know it'll be nice to have them back for playoffs and. Um, but right now, I mean, um, I think we're doing just fine. And, um, you know, we had a little hiccup there on the Alberta road trip. But other than that, I mean, um, we've been, you know, winning most of our games here. And um, I think, uh, you know, everyone knows how, how to play on our team. And uh, we play a really good team game. So um, no one's really worried about that. 45 games in for you this season. You've already set a career high in goals you have 19 so far was is that a surprise to you or is that something you were hoping would come this year well i i uh you know i expected to definitely um surpass my highs and 
um, you know, being my fourth year in the league, uh, um, you know, I don't really have crazy uh, high point total anyway. So um, I think my highest year was 36. So I expected to pass that this year, and um, especially coming to a good team with uh, lots of skilled players, uh, you know, the points are going to come. So um, it's been nice, um, you know, to put the puck in the net and, um, yeah, just keep rolling. How different is life in Winnipeg compared to Prince George? Um, I mean, the weather is fairly the same. Um, it might be a bit colder here even, um, so I'm used to that side of it. Um, bigger city, and um, you know, I'm from Vancouver, so basically uh, adapted well to everything here. And um, you know, it's a nice city, and um, lots to do here. And um, I mean, I have no complaints, and uh, good place, good hockey town for sure, and it's a good place to play. Now you turned 20 on a game day uh, back on January 18th and a 5-2 win for Winnipeg. Was that kind of your birthday gift, the win? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was nice to, you know, have. I, I couldn't really focus on celebrating my birthday or anything. Just had to uh, go and play a hockey game, and I think we had, had one the next day, so no celebrations, but, uh, you know, hockey comes first. So it was uh, it was nice to kind of have that win for my birthday, I guess. Did you do anything for your birthday? Um, I think, my, well, my parents, uh, flew in, uh, surprised me actually. So that was kind of nice and, um, went out for dinner with them, I guess. And, um, yeah, it was nice to have them here for my, uh, birthday weekend, I guess. Cause that was during the super long homestand you had those two games on the 18th, 19th, but some days before and after you had off. So how often do, do your parents get to see you play? Um, I mean, this year that was their, uh, first two games they saw in in person I guess um I know my dad's always watching the WHL live and whatnot but um I mean playing in Prince George they definitely got to see me more with Vancouver just being in the BC division and Vancouver games Kamloops games and all that but uh I mean Winnipeg's a little farther for them so um not a whole lot this year but oh well I mean it's literally the farthest place away in this league so it's, I, get, I can understand why yeah. you wouldn't make that flight constantly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that something that you maybe miss a little bit, or does that really matter to you when you're playing? Um, uh, it's it's pretty much the same every year. I mean, um, definitely miss them all the time, but uh, you're focused on hockey in the season, and you know you don't. No one really gets to see family that much, anyways, and um, it's basically all hockey and um you know it's it's kind of nice in a way to you know sometimes just get away from home and uh play in a new city and new faces everywhere and um i mean it's nice and i'm really liking it here i imagine this is kind of the furthest you've ever lived away from home uh yeah for sure definitely this is uh the farthest so far (laughs) so far yeah how's your uh, billet family Oh, they've, they've been awesome. They're uh, definitely one of the best fellows I've had so far in my career. And, um, they uh, treat me like their second kid. And, um, yeah, they've been awesome and feed me well. And uh, a really great family to uh, kind of help me get comfortable here. And, uh, yeah, it was really nice 
easy move in with them. Great. So a uh, final question for you, Jackson, how far can this team go this year? Well, set the standards high. I'll, I'll hope for Memorial cup. Um, you know, we got a really good team here. We got a good back end, great goaltending. And you know, I think we have key pieces to make a really long playoff push here. And, um, yeah, just hope for the best. Appreciate your time, Jackson, tonight, and good luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you very much. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?